0: Bedrosian throws to Sandberg and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it. Throws to first. It's over. 27 years of waiting have pumped on in. The Giants have won the pennant. Alright, Brad. We are back. Not the Best week of Giants baseball, but I think we're just so dang spoiled right now. <laughs> because I saw a lot of, yeah. I saw a lot of downness. I felt down too. I was a little frustrated. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, come on!" I mean, we, we had one bad inning against
1: the Braves. Otherwise, it be would be a series win. So yeah,
0: yeah. yeah I don't know. <laughs> um, but you know what it does is it gives us something to t- talk about as it pertains to. You know, the season uh, is not on the brink, but it's about yeah. this week is just about as good as it's going to get when it comes to, you know, who the Giants are. They have a series against the Brewers who they beat in Milwaukee, but all those games are so damn close. Yeah. And then we have the Dodgers who come into San Francisco and you know that they're going to, Try and take our heads off because the division. Nobody wants to play that 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 one game wild card, and right. the division the division is where it's at. If you really want to get to the World Series, so yeah. Uh, so we'll you know we'll we'll see what goes on there. A big week. I think some fans have been a little frustrated, but otherwise, um, I think it's I think it's a really good moment for the team because we can really see. Okay, they're on pace to win 104 games. It's not all easy it's gonna be tough and and we'll talk about the news that just happened and this is really like the week where i'm like okay i want to see how tough these guys are. i want to see how tough this baseball (laughs) the mindset the mentality like i want to see them show out this week and and show really the you know what what they have and and if they have what it takes because you know everything sort of feels like the playoffs when you play teams like this
1: so so are you saying that this show isn't going to be our usual rainbows and puppies and <laughs> butterflies. It's It didn't happen this week. It didn't happen. And you knew it was going to happen. They had a nine series win streak, uh, nine series wins in a row. And then all of a sudden the Atlanta series. I mean, Atlanta's they're a hot team. They're a really, really hot team.
0: good baseball team.
1: Very good baseball, too. And you go to their home, which is also hot. It's very hot in Atlanta this past (laughs) weekend. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it was just one of those things where it was like, "Mm, okay, I I made some predictions beforehand we'll get to that later I have a game for you so we'll get into that later but I made some predictions I was very confident going into that series and then after uh the first game I was like well that kind of went out the window but um but yeah I mean we're, we're limping right now this this Giants team is limping right now big time um some more just nasty news coming out today for the Giants some more uh roster stuff and even right before we went on uh I'll just throw it out there Tommy Lestella has some left side tightness he's out of the lineup uh, he he was in the lineup now he's out of the lineup so I mean they are limping they are hurting right now um and and it's not a good time for that because you've got Milwaukee and Los Angeles coming into town so yeah unfortunately because of when we
0: record we by the time this goes up the Giants the first game of Giants Brewers will, will be over yeah. uh the Brewers are throwing their aces they got t- their two aces thrown this series And we'll just kind of talk about the news that happened, but uh, Johnny Cueto was supposed to start tonight. Uh, He was pulled, uh, and now he's on the injured list. Uh, Alex Wood is on the injured list. Alex Woods is COVID-related. They're not sure if Cueto's is COVID-related or not. Um, It's very possible that it could be. He's not feeling well. And they're throwing a bullpen game tonight. Yeah, and Cueto tested negative, but he
1: doesn't feel good. He feels sick. I mean, it's going through the clubhouse, obviously. Solano has it. um, Now uh, Wood has it. So it's, it's just one of those situations where, hey, everybody, it's a reminder the pandemic's not over. Uh, yeah. This is, this is still happening. I mean, guys are going to get sick. Um, uh, family members are going to get sick. Uh, our family members and, and, and just, you know, just in general, it's just going to run through uh, the community still. Uh, it, it hasn't disappeared. It's not time to let down our guard. Um, you know, it's unfortunate as sports fans, so we sit here and go, Oh man, our team, these guys that, you know, they got COVID and are uh, you know, where they vaccinated. I see a lot on Twitter, where they vaccinated, where they not vaccinated It doesn't matter at this point. Um, You know, obviously, we'd like more people to be vaccinated, but but the, the main thing is I just want these guys to be okay. Yeah. I mean, did they make decisions? Uh, to not get vaccinated. We don't know. We don't know that. But if they didn't make those decisions to not get vaccinated, I still hope they're fine. Obviously, yeah. I hope they're, they're okay and they pull through and everything's good. Uh, it's just a scary situation still. Um, the Giants are in a playoff push. That's the reality of it. They're in a playoff push right now to win this division and not have to play a one game wild card. Um, if you look at the predictions on fan graphs, something we haven't even talked about, we keep talking about possibly the Giants in this wild card game and everything else. The predictions right now are that the Giants and Dodgers both finish with 101 wins. <laughs> there's there's going to be, if that happens, let's just say that happens, or 100 wins, or they're both tied at the top of the division, you got to play a one-game playoff. There's going to be a one-game playoff to see who wins the division and then who gets the wild card game. So it's like, I mean, you could play that game and then you could play the one-game wild card game. So this thing is far from over. It's, it's getting wacky and it's getting crazy.
0: We can't trade for Bumgarner anymore, right? Um, you can't trade for him.
1: <laughs> I don't think they're going to waive him. I mean, that contract is ridiculous still. But uh, he did get knocked around a little bit yesterday, I think.
0: Uh, Still, but still,
1: in a one-game playoff, one-game playoff. For whatever reason, I have faith. (laughs) There's nobody better in a one-game playoff wearing a uniform in the majors right now than Madison Bumgarner. So yes.
0: So this this part of our podcast is going to be a little um, lighter than usual because on the back end, we're going to have a guy who runs a Twitter account that I follow called Giants Prospects at Giants Prospects. He does a really good job with posting constantly about news and research. And I know he watches a lot of the minor league games. He uh, also has a podcast. And so we're going to talk to him. We're going to ask him a bunch of questions about p- prospects and where guys are. And, you know, your Elio Ramos and Marco Luciano and, Kyle Harrison and those guys in and get his thoughts on that. So that'll be the last 20 minutes or so of this show. So Brad and I will be a little bit shorter than usual, but uh, we're going to pile up, pile a lot of stuff in um, before we get there. Okay. So here,
1: here, well, here, real quick, here's a guy in the Giants minor league system that I didn't know about and doesn't get talked about very often. His name is Carter Aldretti. Mm Mm-hmm. He is, and I didn't know this, and you probably knew this, but he's the son of Rich Aldretti, who was in the Giants minor league system back in the 80s. He's the then, ne- he's the nephew of Mike Enough Aldretti. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Enough Aldretti. And there's always that image, whenever you talk about Mike Aldretti, there's always that image, uh, was it 87, doubleheader against the Astros, the uh, the grab at first base to finish off the doubleheader sweep and the Giants take first place in sometime in July. I remember I was uh, in the back of the parents' car. We were driving up to Redding for for a week to hang out at Lake Shasta and and that whole thing. So Aldredi grabbing that that uh, last out at first base. That's always a fun one.
0: I always thought it was interesting when he would play first base because. He was quite a bit shorter than Will. <laughs> yeah. And so he looked like a little guy out there at first base compared to Will. That was oh, yeah. laugh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what about Carter? Oh no, I just uh, I threw that out there because I didn't even know that he was
1: in the Giants system. Um, but yeah, he's in double A right now, uh playing for the Eugene Emeralds hitting two forty-two with uh, eight home runs and, and forty-one RBIs. He's uh twenty-three years old. So I, I just thought that was fun. I'd love if you ever get a chance, just it's fun just to go to the minor league baseball website and Mm -hmm. then hit all of our affiliates and just look at the rosters because it's always fun to see who's on the teams you know we spend so much time focused um uh, on the san francisco Giants, so this is going to be a fun interview coming up um you know you get to talk more about the prospects uh which we don't do very often um you know because again we're we're working dudes and we're old dudes and we got the kids and everything. And then, you know, we're watching the giants game. So, so I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be fun.
0: Okay. So my question for you is, mm-hmm. do you feel a little nervous? Uh, is there room for an overreaction based on anything you saw in that brave series? Because they swept the Mets. Now, all of those games were close, Mm-hmm maybe a little bit too close for comfort, but going into Atlanta, um, you know, it was really like one of the few times this season where I was like, wow, they actually didn't take care of business.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm not overreacting because we've talked about it on the show before. I never feel comfortable when the Giants are on an East coast swing, Uh East coast. Well, I mean, Atlanta's, uh, you know, south swing but but they're they're in the nl east anytime the giants are on an east swing i never feel comfortable it's a totally different time zone they also had to go from new york to atlanta atlanta with the weird scheduling that happened this year had two scheduled back-to-back day offs they were off wednesday And Thursday, because they played a short series in New York against the Yankees. Then they had scheduled Wednesday and Thursday off. So the Giants went, uh, got into Atlanta at three o'clock in the morning on Friday and then started the series Friday night. And uh, Atlanta's head home nice and rested a couple (laughs) days off. So they were playing super high. Uh, Giants were playing low, and the Giants are banged up right now. They've got COVID running through the clubhouse. They've got some guys that are hurt. Um, starting pitching is banged up. Um, but Logan Webb is Logan Webb, and he's the only one who looked like, you know, he he was out there uh, kind of pitching for his life and pitching for the Giants' life. Um, they were flat. They were definitely flat. So they got home. Um, probably a little bit later last night. Hopefully, had some good rest. Probably no BP today. Show up at the ballpark. Um, I, I'm I'm optimistic about this week. I'm optimistic about the Brewers and Dodgers series. The Dodgers aren't hitting. Uh, I saw a list on Twitter of their batting averages and their OPS, and their big hitters are all hitting under like 230, uh, and their OPS is. I think mean, Cody Bellinger's OPS. Um, For the past month or so, it's like 386. I mean, it's ridiculously low. So, but that tells you they're going to explode at some point. Just they can wait until, you know, (laughs) a week from today after this series. But, uh, but no, I'm not panicking. I'm not going to hit the panic button. That was a tough swing to go into New York. And that's hostile territory, even though the fans hate the Mets right now. Oh
0: my God! The, and the players hate the fans right now <laughs> and too. The players
1: hate the, the. There's a big fuss going on between the the New York Mets players and the fans, even though that's all happening. The Giants went in there and took care of business. I mean, the Giants tried to give the Mets a game in the middle of the series. That that second game, they tried to kind of give it away with the drop fly ball in the ninth. Um, Taiwan Walker was taken out early. Uh, They had a five-out ninth inning. Um, Belt dropped that that um, fly ball down the right field line that was in foul territory, and then Slater and Dickerson ran into each other. Uh, And then Chris Bryant had an error earlier in that game, and the Giants won three to two. So, you know, the Giants can still find those ways to win. So I'm not terribly worried after the Atlanta series. Yes, they got just shellacked yesterday, nine to nothing. Um, It got ugly. It got so ugly. That Austin Slater was on the mound in the ninth, and he i and he, uh, did he even give up a hit? I don't even think he gave up a hit.
0: Well, I know he didn't give up a run. Yeah, he didn't give
1: up a run. He might so, have given up a hit.
0: But... So we we have we have this group chat. It's me. Mm-hmm. It's you. It's my Ooh. kids, and we're kind of talking about the game a little bit. And I just looked at Colorado and Dodgers, and I'm like, up. Oh, Dodgers are going to see blood, and they're going to do everything they can <laughs> to inch up to one and a half games because. If you're one and a half games back, what if the Giants have some problems with the Brewers and then you sort of are able to take control and maybe you come into San Francisco a half a game out versus two and a half games out no, nope, shut out five zero. Justin Turner pitches the ninth <laughs> inning. Like, what the heck
1: happened, Dodgers? That was bizarre. I'm watching the game. So I turned that game on after the Giants game, and I'm doing stuff around the house. And finally, I go, you know what? I'm going to sit and just read a magazine. Yes, I'm old. I read paper magazine stuff. <laughs> so I'm going to sit on the couch, and I'm going to read my Sound and Vision magazine, all about, uh you know, AV tech stuff, because that's the way I roll. So I'm watching the game, and all of a sudden, the ninth inning, I, go, I look up, and I go... Huh? Justin Turner's on the mound. And it's five nothing. The the Muppet is pitching, and they're only down five nothing. they just thrown in the towel, and they got Scherzer going to uh, the, the next day, which is today. They lined up their horses to go against Atlanta, and I'm thinking, well, I've never seen this before. Uh, it was a little bit of a chatter on Twitter, but it was, um, but it was still baffling to me. I've, I've I've just never seen that before. But I guess we're in that age now where it's like, oh, okay, we're down five nothing in the ninth. Let's just screw this game, and and we'll see. If we could pick it up after that, but uh, bizarre. <laughs>
0: there, there was a terrific uh, Justin. There was a terrific tweet. I wonder if I can find it about yeah. Justin Turner being on the mound. Uh, it was hilarious because it was like um something like my resume said oh, yeah. <laughs> proficient in Excel skills, and then there's a picture of Justin Turner. That's just like, and and here's my reality or something like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, That's so it's hilarious. Says, it says, uh, in the interview, proficient
1: in resume <laughs> says proficient in Excel skills, first day on the job, uh, first time on the mound. <laughs> so yeah,
0: it was that was a, that was a great, great tweet, like a a Hall of Fame Twitter. Moment for me. Yeah,
1: I was still I was shocked when I saw that because I thought I'm def- a five nothing game. We did that when it was yeah, nine nothing Yeah, I get
0: that because we're just trying to get out of there. We're well, limping you, right you now. You know why pitching. though they're yeah. looking ahead to next week? They didn't want to wait. They they're gonna need yeah. that arm when they come into San
1: Francisco. I guess. Well, maybe they're maybe they're getting him ready too. That he's their secret weapon, <laughs> gonna be it's like the uh, Garoppolo Trey Lance uh, <laughs> secret weapon. Here comes Justin Turner out of nowhere. He's pitching the fourth. What's <laughs> Uh, yeah yeah yeah. Uh,
0: um okay so uh let's talk a little bit um about uh the the I guess I guess we you know we don't really have to to sit too much with the Mets and the Brave series but I did think yeah. it was pretty interesting how the poor Mets had to play the Dodgers and the Giants like 15 games in a row or something like that. Yeah. And now you're seeing all this stuff about the players like booing the fans and then Sandy Alderson coming out and saying like You know, we can't allow that stuff to happen. And if if I was a Mets fan, and I think the smart Mets fans think this way, they go, okay, we played the two best teams, two best current teams in baseball in a stretch of games, and that showed us who we are this season. That showed us where we need to go. And I think those smart Mets fans are like, look, we're just not as good. But we're not that far off either. The problem is, is these players are unable to handle, from what it seems, the outside looking in, like I don't follow this team closely. It looks like they cannot handle being in that New York spotlight. You have Lindor who's getting paid $341 million and he's on my fantasy team. So I know exactly (laughs) what he's doing. Yeah. You see him nightly. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I have three shortstops on my team when Uh. I should only need one. Um, But then, you know, then you got guys that they traded for, you know, they're looking at Chris Bryant and going like, man, why couldn't we get Chris Bryant instead of who we got? And so, you know, I get it. It's, it's very frustrating, but I would, I would look at that and say, okay, here's where we need to improve these were good litmus tests for us and you know this is sort of the the next step you can't expect to you know go out there and just be uh one of the best just you know the, were they going to go 500 against the dodgers and, and the giants no way no no and
1: and it's it's got to be really tough i i'm sitting there watching this series going you know and then the, the news afterwards about how they're you know thumbs down they're booing the fans when they get a hit they turn around and boo their own fans because they say well if you're going to boo us when we're doing good we're going to boo you or when we're doing bad we're going to boo you when we're doing good yeah. so stupid it's it's childish it's goofy <laughs> and sandy alderson uh, the, the he's the head of baseball operations right not the um oh, i guess he's kind of the gm also he's the he's the catch-all like the farhan zaidi but not even like one-tenth percent of it as good as Franz ID. <laughs> so let's just get that clear. Team I love president. Sandy Alda. According to Wikipedia, he's team president. Team president. He's been around for a long time. He's one of oh, those yeah. old-school guys. I don't know if New York needs an old-school guy. They tried to change that, and then they went out and got a guy who uh, was, uh, you know, me too, and people and touching people oh, and doing God. all weird stuff. I mean, just, they're not vetting their people. They're not even like trying to figure this whole thing out. Um, but, but anyways, so I'm watching that series and I'm thinking Lindora signed that deal. He must really just love that adversity and love just the heat from New York. You've got to really like that. You've got to be all about that. I mean, Frank Sinatra, you know, grew up in that. And so when he would do shows and he would do things, people would just show up and just love him unconditionally. Um, When you come over from another team and then sign a deal, you're not loved unconditionally in New York. You've got to really earn that. And so far this year, he's not earning that. If I, if I were him and again, I'll never be him cause I'll never have uh, any of that talent. But if I were him, I would have gone over there and said, let me see if I can handle this first. <laughs> let me put up a good season first. Let me show the fans that I'm here to play. Then I'll go ahead and sign that deal. Um, but God, they threw the bank at him and, and I can't, you can't blame him for
0: saying, mm, yeah, I'll take that. You mean the spotlight in Cleveland isn't exactly like it is in New York? No, it shines
1: on like half of the Brown stadium. Um, LeBron, when he was there and then the rock and roll hall of fame, other than that, I mean, it's really, you know, there's not much else in Cleveland. Oh, they, they love, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, the, the, the Cleveland rocks guy, um, drew Carey. Like
0: oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 he's a cool guy i
1: like him he,
0: yeah okay so um let's you had a game for me oh yeah so <clears throat> so speaking of
1: uh let me get some water so i don't <clears throat> you know we got a lot of smoke going on out here i don't know if you can see there's a, a fire down in south lake tahoe that's just brutal right now and the smoke is everywhere so i'm just you know hoping sending good thoughts to everybody in south tahoe get out of there if you can they're doing evacuations and everything so um yeah but so this game i've got it kind of pertains to it pertains to some uh, some some predictions that I made last time, um, and and it's a, it's a fun game. It's going to be really uh, it's going to be really difficult for you to get these. Uh, so the name of the game is false or false. <laughs> okay, so, so it's really yeah, it's a terrible game. So so the first one, so I came out and I said, well the the Mets are going to find some weird way to win one of the three games. And they almost did. So yeah. I was almost right. Series was close. It was a close series. That second game, like I said, we tried so hard mm-hmm. to give them that game. Mm-hmm. And then Rojas, the manager for the Mets, came in and took Taiwan Walker out when he had only thrown like 80 pitches. Yeah. And they yanked him, and then we could take the lead. But, but anyway, so first question, false or false, the Mets found a way to salvage one game. False. You're right. There you go. See it. I know it's a tough game. So then I went on to say that the giants were going to go ahead and walk into Atlanta, right? I did say this puff the chest <laughs> and say, we are the national league West leaders. We have the best record in baseball. You're hot, but we're going to show you what we can do and we're going to sweep the Mets. That's what I said. So false or false. The giants
0: swept the, 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 I'm sorry, the Braves. Unfortunately, that was like, is there more than a hundred percent false? Because if there was that, that, that's what happened on, on a Sunday.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and it happened because um, we had one really rough inning on Friday night. I mean, Friday night, we're winning the game. We're leading the game late in the game. And uh, the Giants kind of pooped the bed in, in late, late. I think it was around the seventh inning. Um, and that was hard to come back from. And they, and they made it a game and they only lost six to five who hit the, I think uh, somebody hit a home run bottom of the uh, bottom of the ninth. One of our players hit a home run and then La hit a shot to the wall. Yes. Uh, And then John Peterson.
0: <laughs> oh my God.
1: Played it the best he could as a right fielder. Uh, I don't think he's truly a right fielder, but he tried really hard uh and almost botched that one. It wasn't going to go out, but it could have been, you know, Lestella could have been a third with two outs, but um
0: yeah. So in the ninth Wilmer, that's right. Y- Wilmer yank- pulled his hands in and yanked one over the left center field fence. And then, uh, Stella hits a ball that is like one of those where y- you're hoping you're desperately hoping that some supernatural thing like <laughs> gives it a little bit more of a boost because right. off the bat, you're like, okay, this looks like it's at the track. And then all of a sudden it took a little bit uh, of a, um, started to fly a little bit deeper and you're watching Jock Peterson. You're like, oh my gosh, this ball has a chance to get to the fence. And then the way he attacks this baseball – I was like, oh my gosh, like he (laughs) thinks that this is going over the fence. (laughs) And it didn't quite reach over the fence. I think he probably misjudged a a lot of it. He kind of psyched us out into thinking that ball was going out. Well, because he jumped and caught it at like his hip, which was,
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you jump and catch the ball at the hip, you know, he misplayed the ball. So it was,
0: you know. Yeah, it was such a bummer too because Buster hits that home run, uh, mm. and the uh, I forget was it uh, Freeze who was pitching, uh, and he freed. just freed, freed, yeah. uh, he and he just goes, he just kind of looks at like what the f man, like how do you hit that ball out <laughs> the way yeah. that you did it? And that was the first inning,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. So two nothing in the first inning, and I thought here we go, I got this right. But yeah, you're you're correct. So you're two for two. False. We did not. Sweep the Braves. And then the last question I also said it's going to be so hot there. The Giants are going to walk in and they're going to, <clears throat> you know, out homer the Braves. They're just going to go in there, destroy the ball. They're hitting home runs. They lead the league in home runs. They're going to go in there. So
0: false or false, Giants hit more home runs than the Braves. It's got to be false, but I'm actually wondering what the numbers were because both teams were hitting yeah. the ball over the fence it's actually I tricked you the, the answer to that is true that wasn't oh, a, they did
1: that wasn't an option but you you're yeah I think you were leaning that way so the Giants actually out homered the Braves six to five they were yeah. outscored so close. um you know 11 to nine but they still you know uh, uh, out out homer the Braves six to five so
0: yeah uh it was nice to see uh Tony Watson's the one who gave up the home run in, cool. in in that Friday game. But it was nice to see them touch up Will Smith, too, because um, I feel like, you know, when you trade a guy like that, who you kind of turn into a closer, and you probably make him a ton of money by turning him into a closer, it's nice to see them go, look, you know, we, we made you what you are. We we got you a lot of money, and now we're going to oh, yeah. You know we're gonna we're gonna beat you up a little bit because he's not having he's not having like he's saving games but his ERA his numbers aren't great he's, but he you know he's still their closer so do
1: do you think um <clears throat> after they did that they said we got you big Willie style <laughs> yeah
0: exactly prob- he's probably the, how many Will Smiths are there who are 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 white dudes in baseball right now two. You got two. I mean, <laughs> to have one is
1: shocking enough, but you got two. And then they face each other sometimes. And as a matter of fact, the Braves are playing the Dodgers uh, the series before they play us. So you're going to have the Will Smith on Will Smith uh, action. And, and when that happens, you have to make the walk up song uh, a Will Smith song, right? Obviously, I mean, it, 100%. Yeah, yeah, summertime. Summertime. That's the one. So.
0: Are, are these games in LA or are they in uh, Atlanta? Are they, they're, they're in Atlanta. That's a good question. I don't know. I would think like they're way. in Atlanta because the Giants just went to Atlanta. But let's well, I,
1: I would actually think they're in LA. So, yeah, they are in LA since uh. since the Dodgers are coming to us. It's kind of a, a you know rather than go because the Dodgers are at home. They finished that home series against the Rockies, uh, where where the Dodgers. I mean, they blew that. They had a chance, a clear chance to gain two games on us this weekend playing against the absolute worst road team road in team. the world <laughs> you know and 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 the, and the rockies take two out of three on the road in la that was fantastic yeah it's so. insane
0: uh okay so uh last little bit of, of podcasting here i know there's a chris bryant injury but he's back tonight mm-hmm. well again we'll, we'll, we'll miss what happened tonight uh hopefully he does very well um and then the last thing I want to ask you about, because we, we've we had this conversation uh, a little bit before we get to our uh, Player of the Week. Um, Logan Webb. I, I feel like he has supplanted De Sclafani as the number two pitcher in the rotation. Yeah, I almost feel like De Sclafani is probably going to be even behind Johnny Cueto if it comes to the playoffs. And so, you know, he may be for. You know he and Wood will sort of be battling for four or five, depending on how 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 they use the rotation in the playoffs. But what do you think about Logan Webb? Are you comfortable if he's your number two guy in the rotation?
1: I'm sticking with what I said a couple of weeks ago if the Giants are in a one game playoff okay, so maybe not for the division um because if the Giants, let's say they tie the Dodgers at the top of the division have to play the one game for the division. And then the other team is a wild card. Um, And that would be a wild card at home, most likely. Um, So if the Giants end up in the wild card game, they're going to play it at home because they've got such a big lead over the next teams, uh, the Reds and the the Padres. Um, I, I still think if the Giants have that wild card game, you save Logan Webb for that Winner takes all game. I'm I'm sticking with. I know it's a bold statement, but I am sticking with that. I I would almost Solomon Torres feeling. I don't. Not at all. (laughs) Nothing gives me Solomon Torres. He's
0: definitely had uh, more innings, more big innings than Torres.
1: Oh, yeah. And and, and a game like, so the Giants, you know, lose the game on Friday night against Atlanta. They need a win desperately on Saturday, and Logan Webb goes out there and just does his job. So Logan Webb and Buster Posey together in a big game, in a winner-takes-all game to move on, I'm all for Logan Webb. I don't trust Kevin Gossman's stuff right now. The articles that have come out where he's kind of leaning away from the splitter, starting to rely more on the slider. I still think that's a work in progress. I don't want a work in progress and a winner takes, uh, takes all game and, and you know, a, a move on to the next round type of game. Uh, Logan Webb has his stuff dialed in right now. I would put him as the number one. Uh, if Gabe Kapler doesn't go that route, I would question it personally.
0: All right. Before we get to the player of the week, what are we drinking? Mm. I I'll go first because yeah. um yeah. I'm we're still whittling down the vodka, so I have not had any <laughs> bourbon in a couple of weeks now. We still got the Tito's. Yeah, uh, you we, gotta, fi-
1: we you gotta fix that. You gotta go to
0: Total Wine. Yeah, I think I think I think if we get you know maybe below half in the big giant Tito's jug, we'll uh <laughs> you know we'll, I'll probably get some bourbon. But so. I went to uh, the store. I got some ginger ale zevia cola. Yes. And a little bit of citrus with the lemon juice. And it's a very refreshing drink uh i'm so glad you turned me on to the to the zevia stuff i just well i need to go to you had told me you know try to find a sprouts and i have i do have a sprouts mm-hmm. around the corner okay. and you said that they'll have more of a selection cuz the the nob hill that i go to is a very small grocery store mm. and they only have like three or different three or four different kind of flavors. So I'm going to, I'm going to find a sprout so I can go find some different flavors. Yeah. They, they kind of
1: specialize in that. Every time my wife goes there, I'm like, Hey, can you see what fan? Ooh, look at that. That does look refreshing. I always tell her, find like the, you know, the nicest, uh, newest, weirdest Zevia's that you can Mm -hmm. find. And I want to try them. Cause they always come out with new stuff, but you can't find it anywhere. But sprouts, that's like it. So, Yeah. yeah. All right. What about you? Yeah, so I've got <clears throat> this is gonna look like a lot, but it's really not. So I bought bu- <laughs> I bought this at the beginning of the pandemic. So this yeah. is like a year and a half old. Yeah. This is my wild turkey one oh one. This is the one point seven five liter bottle. And you see how much I have left. I mean, yeah. I'm not you know, it's a year and a half. It's no, you, a I, I I would have been done with it like <laughs> a year ago <laughs> it's my mixer but i also like it straight sometimes so mm-hmm. we got um we got a new fridge that makes these uh craft ice cubes because we so we,
0: i was so jealous but i way. know i showed
1: you the picture i'm like oh i shouldn't have done that because now i look like a jerk <laughs> but <laughs> but it makes these little craft ice cubes so the little circle and it doesn't it looks like a glacier now um but uh and then i brought my little i uh, brought my jigger with me because uh, I've, this thing waters it down so much. So now I'm going to, I don't know if you can hear that. I add a little bit more. Um, so that's a total of about two ounces total. I started with an ounce and a half, added a half. Um, but yeah, I like that. I, I like these ice cubes they are really cool. I have a refrigerator rule that I told you about today. Uh, so these craft ice cubes in this LG refrigerator, it makes three of them every 18 to 24 hours. And when they drop, it sounds like somebody dropped a bomb on your house because they come down and they just (laughs) boom, boom. And they come down one at a time, not all three at the same time. So I told the kids, if you ever look in there and there's five or less, do not touch them. Don't put them in your water. Don't put them in your lemonade and your sodas. Nothing. I always want to have five or more because (laughs) it takes so darn long to make these (laughs) things. So yeah, they didn't like that,
0: but. By the way, I think I was able to get the photo that you sent me. Let's see if it'll Ooh. upload. Uh, yeah, yeah. In here. Maybe it won't. No, I don't think it's going to. Okay. Upload. Yeah, I'm, I'm, um, at,
1: um, I'm at eight right now. So I just had one with this. So I'm down to seven ice cubes. So I said, okay, you can have
0: two ice cubes, but yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's get to our player of the week for this week. And I know you put the... You put the uh, poll up earlier today, Ooh. and I think it was Brandon Belt. It was Jose Alvarez, and who was the third? Uh
1: the uh, baby Yaz. Baby Yaz. Yeah. So, so coming in tied for last place. This was this one was really tight because it wasn't a great week. Numbers wise, all around. So you kind of had to dig into the games and the feel for the games. So I put Brandon Belt on there. Uh, he hit 417, didn't play in many games this week because unfortunately his grandmother passed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he went off to the, um, Onto the uh, bereavement list and then went to the funeral and, and the services and whatnot and came back and played in the last game in Atlanta. Uh, but he hit 417 on the week, 566 Woba, two home runs, three RBIs, two runs. And those two home runs were on the day that his grandma passed. So I put him on the list because, you know, anytime a player loses somebody in their family, a family member. It's really tough, but to go out there and hit two home runs, dedicate those two home runs to his grandma. Oh yeah. um, That that was really special and that was very nice. So I, I was like, he's, he's going on the list. Um, not so he, the player of the week. Not the player of the week. Uh, he, he tied with Baby Yaz with 30.8% of the votes. Um, Baby Yaz had a pretty good week. Uh, 261 average, 344 Woba. He did hit the two home runs, four RBIs, and four runs scored. So he was on base quite a bit. Uh, so they tied. And then the the winner was Jose Alvarez. And again, not a big numbers week, but you have to kind of dig in. Uh, Jose Alvarez pitched in all three of the games against the Mets. Uh, he only pitched in one and two-thirds innings, but 14 he threw 14 pitches in those three games, 13 of them for strikes. Um, he got out of two really nasty bases-loaded jams, one of them on one pitch, uh, the other one, it took him like three pitches um, and then and then uh, so I had to put him up there because he was part of that uh, big part of that met sweep. Uh, so H- Jose Alvarez is our winner this week with thirty eight point
0: five percent of the vote. He was getting lots of pitchers out of jams. That is for yes. sure. <laughs> yeah, he saved yeah. he saved some folks is ERAs and losses on their record. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He, he did. He did excellently.
1: Yeah. He came in for Cueto after Cueto uh, uh, had loaded up the bases. And then Chris Bryant made that error at third. Uh, I still a brutal error. Chris Bryant with that ground ball to third came up to throw to first had all the time in the world and just pulled belt way off the bag. Then Alvarez comes in one pitch gets out of it, and uh, crisis averted, Giants, you know, get the sweep. So it was pretty awesome. All
0: right, so it is time for us to send it to the interview that uh, we're about to do here. We're going to bring on Avi from Giants Prospects. He'll also talk about where you can follow him uh, and uh, how you can listen to his podcast. So that is it for me and Brad here, but we're going to bring on Avi to finish this show. All right, let's bring on Avi from Giants Prospects. He's got a podcast specifically about the Giants minor league system. What is going on, Avi? Nothing much. Just living day to day. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. Doing so great. It is uh, very rare that, that Brad and I actually get to talk to somebody who knows what they're talking about when it comes to <laughs> prospects because we're just like pulling stuff out of our rear end. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, uh, this is your focus. And I guess my first question is, uh, how did you make this your focus? Like, when did you figure out that you liked talking about prospects and you're able to find information and follow along and be of service to Giants fans? Uh,
2: that's a good question. Um, I've always been interested in the minor leagues. Uh, I grew up right next to the San Jose Giants stadium. So went to a ton of games growing up and even at a young age, I would sort of have these mental lists and write down notes and uh, put some statistics together. And I was doing that for myself uh, as my interest. And about six years ago, a friend of mine suggested that why don't you take some of this information that people will probably be interested in reading and sort of move it to move it to Twitter. And so that's all I've done is basically do stuff that I was doing on my own for myself and just moved it to the Twitter audience. And in the last, and this year I thought, let me try a new challenge, and I started up a podcast a daily, with a daily episode that covers what happened the prior night. So work that I was already doing, but now I've sort
0: of created a structure around it in a podcast format. So when you say work, that means that you are putting this information together. It's not that it's necessarily easy to find because you have to do a lot of research, but are you finding that the work that you're doing is actually paying off? You're enjoying the podcast. You're enjoying kind of being this voice on Twitter. Absolutely. Uh,
2: it's, it's fun posting stuff on Twitter and I don't take it too seriously, but the podcast has been, has been a challenge in a way in that when I was just watching for, as a fan, I would watch a few things. I would skip through the game. I would watch strikeouts. I would look for home runs and, you know, I would watch a game in like five minutes, basically, skipping to the quote-unquote good parts. But now that I'm recording an episode, I actually watch uh, a majority of most of the games, as many games as I can, watch each pitcher, not just watch the strikeouts, but watch what they're doing against um, when they give up hits, when they're walking people, uh, when they're struggling, how are they doing? So all that is sort of giving me a, a stronger sense of how to watch Minor league baseball and how to sort of look at prospects and when looking at them at the major league level. So,
1: yeah. go for it, Brad. Oh, just real quick, yeah. I, hey, hey, Avi, nice to meet you. Um, real quick. So now you say you watch the games. Tell the fans how you watch the games because there's a lot of fans out there that don't quite understand you can watch minor league baseball streaming uh you don't have to go to the minor league ballpark anymore now uh now you can get it streaming so how do how do you do it so milb
2: tv uh which gets a lot of grief because it's not the greatest player <laughs> uh video player in the world yeah. but it's super cheap it's it's like 40 bucks for the full season and you get to watch pretty much every single game and for giants fans all four of their main affiliates, so Sacramento, Richmond, Eugene, and San Jose, have cameras. So all home games are streamed live. The camera's great. The broadcasters are great. So it's pretty much like watching MLB TV, watching the Giants game. So for the four full-season affiliates, all the games are on video. Games that are in the Complex League in Arizona and down in the Dominican, unfortunately, those are not streamed. Mm-hmm. But Four games a day a night, pretty much, is plenty for anybody to watch. Oh, yeah.
0: Okay, so what years would have been your sweet spot going to uh San Jose, Gi- San Jose Giants games? Because Brad did play by play for the San Jose Giants back when we were in college. I've been going to San Jose Giants games. I'm gonna expose my age here, but probably <laughs> since probably since they became the San Jose Giants, because oh, previously you're old, man. Well, what were they previously? <laughs> they were the Missions and then they were the Bees. The Bees, the San Jose Bees, yeah. They were the Bees until they became the Giants. So I yeah. remember going to go actual San Jose Bees games. I think they weren't an independent they weren't really with the Giants yet. So what would have been your sweet spot for going to games there, Avi? Uh,
2: probably in that 1999 to 2005 range. So uh, back when I was in elementary, middle, and early high school.
0: All right, so let's talk about some of these prospects now. Um, I like to read Melissa Lockhart from uh, The Athletic. She has a a, pretty bunch of weekly column, I believe, on just how the prospects are doing. Marco Luciano, I got to see him a few weeks ago when he was still in San Jose. And uh, just, you know, he seemed like an altogether different kind of athlete on the field. And I know he went up to the Eugene team and he struggled at Eugene, correct?
2: Yeah, he's been he's struggled a bit, with, especially with strikeouts. Yeah.
0: So, do you uh, is there any? I, I'm sure there's no worry because everyone knows there's a little there's a little bit of a, a, a curve when you go up to the next level. But he's still far and clear their their top guy.
2: Yeah, I think he's definitely their top guy. I, I think the gap has narrowed um, with, between Luciano and Luis Matos. Um, but I would say. Luciano is definitely still the number one prospect by far in the system. And I think one thing to keep in mind with Luciano is that I just posted a tweet today actually about it, is that 99% of his plate appearances this year are against pitchers who are older than him. Mm. So he is, for hitters, that matters quite a bit. For pitchers, it doesn't really matter as much your age, but for hitters, um, the age that you're playing against matters quite a bit. And Luciano has been pretty much challenged with that sort of uh, framework his entire career so far.
0: Now, somebody who my kid has been bugging me about, and you just tweeted about him about an hour ago, which is the Giants' number one pick from this year, uh, he's going to make his professional debut tonight. I think a lot of Giants fans were kind of wondering what was what the deal with him was because he pitched uh, so often in college this season. Uh, any updates on what you've heard about him, and you know where he's pitching, and uh, what what's the talent level at uh, where he's throwing tonight? So he's going to be pitching tonight in the Arizona Complex League. So the Complex League
2: is the lowest level in the United States. Uh, as for a professional organization, and it's mostly ma- mostly made up of uh, young, eighteen to twenty year olds and recently drafted college players. So you'll get people players who have moved up from the Dominican summer league, high school draftees, college draftees, and a lot of raw young talent at that level. So definitely a level that would be probably in terms of not in terms of talent, but in terms of experience, probably lower than the SEC.
0: Got it, got it. Uh, there's uh, Brad and I have been talking about this for this season because the expectation is that the Giants and the National League will possibly get to have the DH next year, which means that if they wanted to, uh, Buster Posey could often hit in that DH slot, which may open up an opportunity for Joey Bart, what's Bart's season in Triple H been? Triple uh, A been like this year? Uh,
2: I think my most controversial opinion in the last month has been that I've sort of become a bit lower on Joey Bart uh, this season. If you just look at his stat line, you know his numbers are pretty solid. His batting line, slugging is pretty solid for Triple A. The issue that I see is that if you take a look at his a random plate appearance that he struggled in the majors in a stint uh, last year, and you watch a plate of parents in A against a quality pitcher, the issues that he's having then are the same issues he's having now. So it looks like he's sort of stagnated offensively. So he can punish mistakes. Um, when it when the pitch is in his zone, he can do damage, and he can do damage to all fields. So there's legit Major League power, but there might just be too much swing and miss in his game and not enough uh, plate strike zone judgment for him to really sort of carve out a starting major league catcher level role. He might be more of a a guy you're okay starting, but you're trying to upgrade at that position. What about defensively? How How
0: is he defensively?
2: So he's really good at throwing to bases. He has a strong arm and accurate arm. But th- I guess the one issue I see with him is that he had issues in the major leagues working with pitchers. And I sort of see that um, at the minor league level as well. He's not on the same page with pitchers a lot. Um, pitchers sort of get frustrated with him at times, but this is like armchair psychology. I'm not watching every single pitch that he's thrown. So like, I don't want to make too strong of a judgment on that, but that aspect of his game doesn't seem to be as strong, but overall receiving throwing to bases. He's pretty strong.
1: Well, you had the the well-documented um, Cueto Bart war last year, uh, right? Where, <laughs> <you> know, and, <laughs>
2: Go ahead. And an underrated one was Tyler Anderson and Jordan. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Anderson was visibly frustrated with Bart numerous times that I saw. So at the major league level, pitchers don't have the patience or tolerance that pitchers at the AAA level do
0: right now another high draft pick for the giants uh, behind the plate was patrick bailey and i know that the giants had had to send him down to san jose because of the bat the bat was just struggling but it looks like uh, at least uh, a- as of last week he's starting to swing the bat a lot more or a lot better um i imagine people are just down on him because he he didn't he didn't uh, have the type of season or at least show the um the the next sort of the next level that they wanted him to. But I also heard that, you know, just defensively, he was, he was advanced and it was just the bat that was holding him back. Is that kind of what the deal is with him?
2: Yes. From what I've seen this year, um, unlike Joey Bart, I think Patrick Bailey really works well with pitchers. He has um, he's, he's active. Um, he encourages his pitchers. He's on the same page with his pitchers. Um, he's athletic behind the plate. He makes throws. He's aggressive. So all the defensive part of his game I like more than Joey Bart. The issue with his bat has been he started the season in high A, which is probably the a good assignment for him considering his college experience and where he was drafted. And now that he's in San Jose, that's like a below par assignment for him in terms of you don't want a first round pick, a college junior who's more than a year out since being drafted. Um, being sent down to low A. That's a big red flag. But I think people are getting a bit too aggressive in in downgrading him, uh, mainly because there could be some health concerns underlying that could be hurting his offensive performance. Um, I've heard that he's had some back injury, back issues that he's been playing through all year. So if next year um, he comes back from spring training, gets assigned to high A or double A, and he's struggling with the bat again, then I think it's definitely fair to push him down. But what he did in college, his power potential, his ability to hit the ball hard and hit it at the right launch angle is is a special ability. And I don't believe that three, four months of poor performance means he suddenly lost that ability. Um, so he's a good person to sort of buy low on because of his high floor defensively and possible bounce back potential offensively.
0: So speaking about San Jose and maybe San Jose being a low level for a player, I know a lot of people are completely 100% off the Hunter Bishop bandwagon. Now, some of him, some of his stuff is injuries. I know he's had, uh, I think he had a, didn't he have a He had a COVID-19 issue at some point but he looks like uh he's just been struggling for uh, a little while now and i'm just kind of wondering if you think the giants like w- what do the giants do with this guy being that he was a high draft pick uh it doesn't look like it's it doesn't look like he's advanced in any way that they want him but there's also the other piece which is sort of the unknown with the injury like how do you think that they see him
2: i don't know how they see him but i i did hear that you know bishop had a strong uh, minor league spring training and was actually was. folks were surprised that he only got a high A assignment and not straight to double A but then immediately in the first week with high A he had a shoulder injury he was out for months after that he came back in the Arizona Complex League um, which is hard to say his, about his performance there because he's coming back from injury then he was sent to San Jose struggled for like 10 days and then has been out since So, it's hard to say if he's fully healthy, but if he's fully healthy, healthy, you know, he's one of the best athletes in the system. He has power. Um, He has pretty decent um, plate discipline. Um, he's uh, He's a super athlete, probably not center fielder, but corner outfielder. So, he has a lot of tools and a lot of ability. So, it really comes down to where his health has been all year. And if he's not 100%, then it's not really fair to judge what he's been able to do so far.
0: I got two more players for you, then I'm going to turn it over to you because I want to hear your thoughts on like guys who you think may be flying a little bit under the radar. Um, but before we get to those guys, two more guys, one being uh, Elio Ramos. He is uh, in AAA and he seems to be the player uh, as far as the prospects are concerned. Uh, that that would that may be able to, to make the next level. How do you think he's performed in Triple A, and how far do you think he's away from being promoted?
2: So my other controversial opinion in last month was that <laughs> I've, I'm also a bit down on Elliot Ramos for the same reasons as Bart, which is that offensively he seems to have stagnated. But the one big difference between Bart and Ramos is I think Ramos is almost three years younger, and Almost every single one of his plate appearances in his career has been against somebody who's been older than him. So hitters can definitely make a leap. He has a talent to make a leap um, offensively. But I think the issues are he's going to have a huge strikeout rate and can he overcome that by hitting for enough power? The one encouraging thing that's come out of this season for Ramos is that He he looks like he can definitely stick in center field, at least for the short term, for the next few years. Um, With his body type, it's not that obvious that he's a center fielder, but he he takes great routes. He's speedy once he gets underway. So that's one positive for him. But as to his major league sort of future, I think he really needs a strong three, four months in AAA, and I don't see that happening this year. Um, So maybe by the All-Star break, of 2022, if he's still in the organization and healthy. I think that may be the timeline. But again, I think the days of expecting him to be an everyday center fielder are probably gone. And this is my opinion. This mm-hmm. is not the industry opinion. It's my opinion that I don't really see a everyday center fielder anymore. More of a platoon um, or a starter that you're trying to upgrade.
0: So I sometimes think about prospects in. Do I want a bunch of this person's baseball cards to stash away? <laughs> because I, you know, it may not be a, a sure deal that they're going to be really good, but there's the potential for them to be really good. And the one player in the system that I think about that way is Kyle Harrison. He's also in San Jose. I know he started out really well, um, you know, maybe. As he, you know, as he threw more innings than he's ever thrown, he got a little tired, and I know he he's finally um, throwing a little bit better, at least longer into games now. But what do you think about Harrison? And are we uh, are we a little too excited for him because he is still a very young guy? Um, and and where where would you sort of see his progression in the next few years? So,
2: I've watched a ton of Kyle Kyle Harrison this season, and I think he's the best pitching prospect in the system. Uh, His fastball. uh, So, there's two types of fastballs. One type of fastball is that you have to command it for it to get results. Harrison's fastball is not like that. He just needs to get it in the general area of where he wants to get it to. It's effective. Yeah. It's sort of like, yeah, pretty much like Linsigum. And the reason is that. He doesn't have elite you know, spin rates. Uh, he doesn't have elite sort of vertical movement like carry that, that we talk about nowadays in baseball. But his arm slot and his velocity, which he consistently gets up into 95, 96, located up in the zone, 34 inches above the belt, is pretty much, it's very difficult to hit. And early in the season, he was sort of struggling to locate the fastball somewhat in, near the zone. But after, that, I would say, the first month, he's been able to improve his fastball command. His slider is completely unhittable against left-handed hitters. Right-handers, it's hard to say at the level that he's pitching at. There aren't a ton of hitters who can both wait on fastballs and also be able to do damage against sliders. There just aren't those type of hitters at his level. So we'll have to see how that plays um, at higher levels. His changeup, he's been bringing that along. So his challenges are basically, can he throw enough strikes with the fastball Um, He also needs to worry about maintaining his arm slot. It's not the prototypical arm slot, so it can waver dropping down or getting too high, which can cause some wildness. So there's a bunch of things that he needs to iron out, but definitely somebody you can see being a middle-of-the-rotation starter in the major leagues um, 18 months to two years from now.
0: All right. So, who are some guys in your research and in your investigation as you watch all these games? Who you think are not getting enough attention from Giants fans and the people who cover the team? uh, Who you you know maybe maybe these folks are a little bit further away, or maybe they're not taking the conventional conventional route, but that you think are actually undervalued by Giants fans.
2: So, I see Sammy Long getting a lot of grief on social media because he wasn't great immediately in the major leagues. But from what I've seen in the, ma- in the minor leagues long is one of maybe two or three pitchers in the system that you can see being major league uh, starters, uh, quality changeup, great curveball, fastball fastballs. Okay. Uh, you don't really get that three pitch mix in every system, or you don't get a bunch of those arms in every system. So I think he's being underrated. Uh, a deeper, a more deeper sleeper would be Diego Rincones. Uh, you brought up the DH earlier. Mm-hmm. He sort of fits that DH profile. If you look at him, he looks heavy, kind of out of shape. But <laughs> every at every single level that he's been at, he's hit. And he's been young for that level. And in the last eight months, uh, he's had a great eight months. First in the Venezuelan Winter League, he did great. Uh, that's an old league. That's a lot of veterans in that league. He did great for in that league. He played for Venezuela in the Olympic qualifiers, had some big moments, started in high A, crushed it, went up to double A, is crushing it. So this is somebody who can hit. And this year, what he's done is he started hitting for power. Um, while also what and he's also one great thing about him is that he doesn't strike out much. He thinks that he can swing at any pitch and hit that pitch hard, and he does. Mm-hmm. So he's got that rare special ability. The reason you don't really hear about him is that you take a look at him; he doesn't really look like an athlete. He looks like a DH. <laughs> even even at even at, even at age twenty two, he has the best arm in the organization. But just based on his body type, people sort of write him off. But this is somebody who's going to have a major league career of some sort.
0: No, knowing how Kapler likes to use his defense, where like what. I would imagine that he would want, even want his DH to play multiple positions. Like, is there a position that yeah. I could, could, could play?
2: He, I think he can be a left fielder. I don't think, I don't see him being any worse than Darren Ruff. Uh He takes good routes. He's just not very fast. And he has, like I said earlier, the best arm in the organization. So somebody who can definitely play left field for a few years.
1: So he's he's six foot one seventy five. Is that conservative? That, is,
2: <laughs> that, that six
1: foot one seventy five for minor league players is usually what they were when they
2: signed. So this there is back go. when he was sixteen. So <laughs> he's probably closer
0: to like two forty, two fifty. Oh, oh my wow. god! Wow. <laughs> yeah, he's an entirely different human being. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um. So Avi, uh, first. Thanks for jumping on. This was awesome. And yeah. you, I, I love talking about this stuff because, um, you know, I, I know the names and I read up, but I don't watch as much as you i have only been to one sounds a Giants game this year and they're right in my backyard. So I really appreciate it. But before before we let you go and we end this show, just let us know, you know, if people want to follow you on Twitter, you're at Giants prospects, but tell them a little bit about the podcast, how they can find the podcast and any other things that you're doing.
2: So the podcast you can find it on pretty much any podcast platform it's called Giants Prospects wasn't very creative um, you can also find it on my website giantsprospects.com it's
0: it's not it's nothing fancy it just has How'd to... you get that URL by the way? You would think the San Francisco <laughs> Giants would have that URL.
2: <laughs> That's what I thought too but I when I was setting up my podcast I just typed in that domain name and it was available so I swooped
0: that's nice. 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 Yeah. Hey, man, appreciate it. I'd love to talk to you again at some point in the near future uh, as, as these players kind of, you know, as, as the next season and what the Giants want to do with some of these guys uh, comes to comes to fruition. But uh, so for Avi, go check out his podcast also at Giants Prospects uh, for Brad. I'm Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out. Peace.